the Jewish Divorce Project. Because marriage doesn't always work out and chicken soup doesn't always help. But okay, today we talk about finding community post divorce. Yeah, what was that experience like for you once you got divorced? When you were going through it, or once you got divorced, did you find any community? Yeah, I, I lost community. Ooh. And I think we all have a innate an, an innate need and desire for community, but a lot of it was on my my own doing. I kind of rejected or left the community that I had been a part of, you know, that religious married woman. And I kept the close friends that I had, but then kind of the, um, what would you say, the, ex like the extra, <laughs> you know, the people that you're friendly with, but not really your friends. My lifestyle was so different. And that, that kind of falls back in a little bit to the stigma of divorce, you know, what I felt uncomfortable with versus what they felt uncomfortable with me. I mean, but I found community in other places. I found and built community around divorce, but I definitely found that it was, you know, when that you, there's for sure a scientific word for this, but when you hear a new word for the first time and then you hear it all over, or when you see something, you know, or when you're pregnant and then all of a sudden, I don't know if you would know this, <laughs> when when so, when That's I was pregnant, <laughs> then you all of a sudden notice pregnant women, or maybe when your wife was pregnant. So it, it felt like that was divorce. That all of a sudden everybody I knew was getting divorced, and I'm like, is it contagious, or am I making it look really good? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so then I found this divorce community. How about you? I mean, for me, certainly, uh, initially, it felt like a handshake as opposed to a hug. If I that can kind of express the formality of it, you know, people were kind of like, sorry, kind of felt a little bit like, sorry, poor schmuck, um, sort of thing. But I got the hug because I reached out for it. I mean, I remember writing a letter um, to people in my sphere who were who I really wanted them to know about. I certainly didn't want to have to repeat it over and over and over again in person. So I wrote a, a letter. I let Tamar read it as well. And uh, I allowed her to suggest any edits that she wanted. Uh, and that actually helped soften the blow. And I even explained in it kind of what I was going through and how I might not even respond if they reached out because I just wanted to kind of be alone but needed them to know anyway. And so then talking about this is your kind of your announcement letter of hello world, we're getting divorced. Yeah, because I didn't have any, because I couldn't find any community to go to. Because there was right? no Hallmark card that expressed what you needed to express? There was no, and there was no, <laughs> I mean, what does that look like? A broken heart, right? Like one of those, the wedding pictures that's just like torn in half. Honestly, I think it's a business idea that I've actually considered of divorce cards. You want to do it right, divorce marketing. But I, uh, I I didn't have anything really to go to. There was no like immediate thing that I could think of to point to in terms of where I could find a community. I certainly felt radioactive in certain ways, like who would want to talk to me uh, and who would have like all these questions about it. What questions would I have to answer? But then when I, you know, 
after I made the announcement, I certainly felt love from people and, and a sense of community in that way. Like it wasn't explicitly a divorce community, but it was a community coming around me because I needed to ask for it. And I think that's the way it goes for a lot of things. If you want support, whether it's explicit from a group like divorce or whether it's from a community in general or anything in general, you have to ask for it. Nobody's going to read your mind. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Got to get, you got to ask for what you want. And also we have to remember on the flip side, it's just as awkward for people on the other side. They don't know if you want to talk about things, if you want privacy, if you want, let's just pretend and, you know, be more surface about what's going on or superficial and they don't know it's it's awkward it's funny because one of the things so i got divorced with my best friend which i highly recommend you know it's kind of a two for one if you're going to get divorced find a close friend guys are like thelma and louise <laughs> it, it just happened to be we got divorced at the same time and really relied on each other i i do not know if i could have made the journey that I made without having somebody like that in my life. And in all honesty, I think I don't fully understand what people who are truly going through a divorce by themselves is like, because I just had that person to call and she totally understood what I was going through. And, and she's a very positive, upbeat, smart, intuitive person. And so we encouraged each other in good ways. We, we were there for each other to vent. And then there was a stop <laughs> like, okay. You know, until here and then, and we always, always, always encouraged each other, put your children first. So having that voice in my head and my voice in her head has, was a tremendous help, but something we always joked about, do you know what a meal train is? Yeah. Okay. So we, we, we rant about meal trains all the time because nobody offered to make us meal trains when we got divorced. And then somebody has a baby. She has a husband. <laughs> Why can't the husband cook for her? I'm a single mom of three. I don't have time to cook food for my own kids. So now I have to cook for you because you had a baby. If you had a baby, you should be in a good enough place. And and my friend, Chevy, her name is, she's like, you had nine months to prepare. <laughs> so... <laughs> In those nine months, you could have made food and we, and it's my mission to get her a meal train in life, but it's, you know, nobody makes a meal train for somebody who got divorced. And I would argue we need meals more than, than a new mom. I didn't have a friend like that specifically that I was going through with it at the same time. I had my men's group coincidentally, uh, was, I was part of it at the, at that time. And that ended up being a wonderful vessel for me to really put stuff into actually. And then also talking with guys, because when I brought up my story about it, then other guys brought up their story about divorce or identified with what I was going through and then reached out as a result. And that was very helpful. I, I mean, seeing that they had gone through it as well was really something that just kind of put me at ease and reminded me that I could also handle it. That was also really, uh, that was a great surprise to learn. That and was. Good that you have. I wonder if maybe that's, typical of the male female experience. I wonder how many, you know, women, not that they plan to go through it with a, with a friend, but just that they have more close friends that they're going through it with, or that they're talking through it with, as opposed to guys. It, I mean, I don't know if many people are lucky in the way that I was, but I do know that, um, that there's that there's more WhatsApp groups of I I know there's all these little small groups of of women supporting each other and they have that that shared commonality that shared challenge although um, 
I once had a client who made such a good point to me that it stuck in my head. I, she was filling out a form, an intake form, and it and you have to check, you know, are you single, married, divorced? And she said, why do I have to define myself by my divorce? Why is this important? And I thought, that is real. Why? <laughs> and, and it's on all these forms. Like, how is that relevant information? And and it and it I think it feeds into our our um, our belief that we need to fit into these boxes, and that affects how we view community. I'm part of many different communities. Some of them intersect. Some of them are very separate. I'm part of the dance community. I'm part of my kids, you know, the, the religious community that I live in. I'm part of a single parent community. I'm part of you know, a mental health community. So like there's so many of these small little communities that, that you can choose to be a part of. And the funny part about it is there are other places where that where the other things about your life are really invisible. The other important things you are a single parent, right? You may not be defined by divorce, but you are also a single parent and you may not have to be defined by single parent. But that is a, an opportunity for you. That is an opportunity for me. And those types of things are also invisible in other ways. I mean, I talking to friends in the Jewish community, very few of them recall any type of option on a community membership form that says single parent, right? We should ask it, what type of single parent programming is out there, right? In general, kind of where are single parents in the purview of the community in and of itself? How do they see themselves servicing those parents and understanding those parents' needs, right? So the divorce option might be there, but the single parent option in terms of like, how can you be supported? How can we reach you? How can we connect with you? Isn't something that's pretty obvious. Do you truly feel, but, and then that brings up an interesting point of it. Is there too much differentiation? So if you're a parent, you're a parent. Is it matter? Does it matter on a school form if you're a single parent other than logistics of they need mail to go to both different addresses? I think more so because of the assumption. I think people generally assume that kids are in households that are hetero and together, which is why the LGBTQ community has felt out, you know, left on the margins in some ways because they haven't seen themselves represented or thought of um, in the community and considered. Now I'm not equating the single parent experience to that of the LGBTQ community, but in terms of not seeing ourselves, you know, as representative or as naturally understood as part of the community, I think that's a real thing, yeah. Your school, when I fill out forms for my kids, there's always an option, mom, dad, together, not together. I didn't have to call anybody and say, hey, we're divorced, can you send me a separate form? You didn't have that experience? I don't think that's a universal experience, no, because I've had to personally manage those things. I've had to personally reach out to teachers and explain that Tamar and I are divorced and that you know we have we, you have to reach out to us both, that we're both on the contact list for whatever it comes to for our children, and that's the way we handle it. She and I will also you know, CC each other when it comes to the boys' education automatically on those things, but the school has to know to reach out to us. And again, that's not, I, I, that's not the assumption to begin with, with, with institutions in general. It's, it's not a universal thing that that option will be on a form. And I think the general assumption is, yes, that families are together, uh, that couples are married, and that, you know, children go back to a home with both parents together. Hmm. I guess that's specific because my my kids' schools was pretty clear uh, when I filled out forms. Yeah, we didn't struggle with that. Well, good for you. Wonderful. Well, 
I'm glad the world has come together for you in so many beautiful ways. It really has. <laughs> How many green lights did you hit today? Just all of them? How many what? Every single one. All the green lights. You've gotten all the green lights. Who you? Who drives anywhere? <laughs> Actually, my 15-year-old son is driving us to school now. So I even have a chauffeur. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> there you go. Unbelievable. Was- it's been good to Sheva. School today <laughs> by a student driver. So I don't know. It wasn't all, uh, you know, roses and, and flowers. It was a little bit of a harrowing experience. I'll be honest with you. I actually, in the divorce communities that I found specifically, and that I mean kind of individual relationships, right? Because there's no like larger gathering of just divorced people. Those are called singles meetups. But <laughs> But uh, in kind of like the community that I've specifically found in divorce has been in individual relationships with people, uh, either in talking to friends, other guys that have been through divorce, or in the friendships I've developed even from the dating scene, right? And the relationships, the dating, the, the dating that hasn't worked out, those, some of those have turned into really wonderful friendships and being able to share experiences and be vulnerable, even non-sexually has been wonderful. And so there's been a normalization in that uh, and sharing those battle scars and also being able to kind of say that I've accepted this situation and then also enjoy it a little bit, right? Being able to see that there kind of is fun in this new phase of life is a real wonderful thing. And I think that comes from being able to develop friendships with people. So I'm gonna play devil's advocate for a minute um, and ask you, do you think divorced people need to get over themselves a little bit? Who cares? You got divorced. You That's your life. It's your mess. You figure it out. Why does the whole community have to cater? You know, there's certain logistical things that have to happen. School forms should have options for are you married or divorced and what are the both houses and email addresses? That's logistic. But why? why do we need all this You know, it's why do we have to define ourselves by the divorce or by single parenting other than we're humans. These are the challenges we went through. These are the logistical concerns we have to address. And that's it. We're not any different than anybody. We are in this community. And why differentiate ourselves even further within the community? Well, I certainly think I've enjoyed a lot of privilege in my life and be, you know, going through divorce hasn't, you know, damaged that. It really hasn't. I mean, it's turned my life circumstances around. I've had to reconsider things. I've had to adjust in different ways uh, that I, you know, that I changed from that. I I grew accustomed to a completely different way of living for the last 10 years. And so this radically shifted a lot of things, but that's really just it. I mean, it hasn't been, you know, you say it's a death, but it's, it's just a relationship, right? It's nobody actually died. And that's an important perspective to remember. And you move on. And you realize what more that you have. And it is one of those circumstances that does bring other opportunities. And if you can't see that there is a certain amount of freedom involved, um, you know, and I'm speaking as someone who wants to spend a lot of time with their children, who misses them when they're gone, right? I still appreciate the freedom that I have to think, to go to the bathroom and have the door not be constantly knocked on and hear dad, 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 dad. There's a beautiful freedom in that. So yeah, yeah. But that's not a universal experience. It's really not for other people. What you're saying is that some people are struggling so much in this experience that they need 
so, but there's I've two shared with you that I feel isolation on two levels, right? You feel isolated mm -hmm. post-divorce. And the solution to that is fill well, in the I blank. think it's seeking friendship. Seeking friendship that's centered around divorce or just making sure you have good friends in your life? I think it's making sure you have good friends in your life. I certainly think having a like a group to go to, right, is also really good as well. I think feeling a larger kind of sense of an organized community around you also feels good. It feels empowering to say the least. To be seen by that many in that way feels really good. So it doesn't necessarily need to be a community centered around divorce. It's just that divorce is a lonely experience and it triggers all of your lonely buttons. So oh, the sure. answer to that is find community, find connection sure. in whatever sure. way that you can. And well, look, some people like the commonality of you understand my challenge. Look, a relationship ends, right? And so you're then solo in some way that you weren't accustomed before. And that takes adjusting to, and that can be unnerving and scary. So there's an isolation in there. There's a loneliness in there. And then that can be when you don't have your kids around, that loneliness feels kind of even more intense because at least you just don't have the children around when you're used to hearing that. And that's part of who you are as a parent. You have to adjust to that being a new element in your life and seeing yourself as being a person who has kids who aren't with them all the time and kind of embracing that sensation. But then there's also the feeling of when you do have your kids and you're a single parent and the loneliness that comes from that. And I'm not trying to pinpoint all those things and make people fearful of the idea but to just adjust to them and to know that loneliness is there. And then you can reach out and do something about it. You can find other people that are going through it. The badass single parents thing is actually, I, I, I'll give you the shameless plug. It's really a wonderful place to go to because then you can share that stuff. You can reach out and be like, oh man, today was so shitty. My kids were so difficult to deal with and I didn't have anyone to call on and tag me out. But I tried this anyway. And then you can have other people slapping them on the back on. You did a great job. There's no group for married couples like that because technically they don't need it. They should rely on themselves. Right? You don't get a Facebook group if you're married. I started a Facebook group with this friend that I was talking about with Chevy called Badass Single Parents that is all about accountability. You're not allowed to trash talk your ex. It is just about you. You're taking responsibility, taking on good habits around the challenges of single parenting. So if you're listening and you want to be a part, you can look us up on Facebook, badass single parents. And that was entirely the motivation of, of that, that creating that community around positivity and not let's all sit and play our violins, which has, a, it has a place. Those are support groups. And that there is a place for that in your journey and your recovery of, I need a place to dump all of this pain and I need to do it in a safe place. But this, this group is, is a little bit different. It's not about the pain. Um, you have to find other places. for Not that. focused on the pain. It is not, no, yes, and there is pain implicit in the challenges, but not necessarily the pain of the divorce specifically. It's, yeah, life was hard. I had a bad day, right? This was hard. I had a challenge here, and then I overcame. I think you got to get up from anything, any type of challenge you have in your life and move on, right? Unless you want to be defined by that challenge. I don't think there's any exception for divorced people. I think divorce is pretty darn common out there. And so you have to just kind of accept that. I don't think you can, anyone can necessarily expect the, the world to bend to their will either and to just naturally be seen. You have to speak up. But I do think there is something to be said about intentional communities and, and communities that are focused on families 
to be more deliberate in their approach and more conscientious in their approach to different family types. I think that is a totally legitimate expectation. There's no question about it. You haven't dabbled much in the Orthodox community, have you? Well, what do you <laughs> all mean? All of this reform and all of this change you're expecting. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, what do you mean? Well, you're, you're, you have this beautiful vision of all this inclusivity and all of this change and let's, you know, reform what's currently yeah. out there. Yeah, that's what I get the whole process in the Orthodox world, asking a bit much. Although my children are in Orthodox schools and I get separate forms and they completely acknowledge that there's this possibility that parents are divorced. I would be curious, I don't even know if there's anyone to ask, but I'm sure that that changed. You know, I'm sure that forms in these schools were considering that both parents were together. And at some point somebody said, you know what? <laughs> Seems like divorce is prevalent in this community. We have to update these forms. And I'm wondering, I wonder when that happened, when that update happened. One of my students asked me uh, about reaching out to divorced people in their community. And I wanted to share her question. She says she's not divorced, but as a chaplain and a student rabbi, someone closer to 40 than 30 these days, many of the people I care for and care about our divorced. I also, I also identify on the more traditional end of the Jewish spectrum and our communities and rituals are so centered around family and partnered programs. And I wonder if extending invitations to my loved ones who are no longer partnered is insensitive, particularly when it's a time I know they don't have their kids with them. I don't want to trigger any painful, awkward, third wheel feelings, but I really don't want to leave them out either. Any advice? What would you say? I would say it never hurts to show somebody that you're thinking about them and want to include them and that that person has every can say, you know what, thank you so much. I'm just not comfortable um, coming or I really want some peace and quiet. I've been invited to Shabbat meals when I don't have my kids. And that's the last thing I want to do is be at a table full of loud screaming kids. And thank you for the invite. I appreciate it, but I'm just going to do my own thing. I think the compassion and the, you know, and it, I, I think you, you brought up an excellent point is that what feels to us, uh, you know, this, this group of divorced people as people shutting us out or um, excluding us as, as some intentional slight is actually possibly this desire to protect and not want to hurt feelings and not want and wanting to be sensitive to our life circumstances. And I think it's just a generally good idea. Just always reach out, always show that you were thinking about people and that they didn't fall off of your radar just because they're divorced. And the radioactivity thing hurts. So even if it's self-imposed or self-imagined, you know, you, you could know that people feel that way. And so inviting them to things isn't necessarily going to work. But yeah, that reaching out is really essential because it makes them feel less radioactive in that way that someone will see them and someone will hear them and someone will bring the community to them if they don't feel necessarily capable or willing to go to the community at that point in their lives. There's no question I'm about it. I'm trying to think of what situation or scenario would be completely inappropriate for a single person. Like maybe if it's a couple's event, but anything else, even though it might be predominantly attended by married people. But of a lot of adult programs at synagogues are self-selective. So they're open to the whole community, 
And synagogues have a difficult time kind of parsing things out. They don't want people to feel excluded, but mm -hmm. creating a deliberate group for people who are of a specific, whatever it is, identity or status in life or whatever, isn't necessarily their forte either. Uh, those have to come up naturally because people are really seeking them. And then another valid point is that we have all of these mini communities within a larger community of the Jewish community. So you have your synagogue and then a, a few blocks down could be a different synagogue with a slightly different bend in denomination. And then when we're, we're, we are to some degree a minority within the Jewish community, there aren't how many singles, divorced singles are in the community. So it's hard to make an event that caters to 3% of the population. And so it's just not feasible. It, and maybe there's something to talk about, about getting all, know what the world has changed now with things being virtual because we can collaborate in different ways. But I, I think that it was hard to make programming based off of that. But it's also not the parents, not only the parents that I think the Jewish community, in whatever form, synagogue, JCC, federation, what preschool, whatever it is, day school, you know, that focuses on community summer camp, whatever it is, that it's not only the parents that we're talking about, that there are kids involved as well. And sometimes the community actually needs to be very sensitive and very aware to those things because not every divorce is unique. Or excuse me, not every divorce is the same, right? They are, they, they are all unique. Uh, I, I once officiated at a bar mitzvah where the parents could not get along at all, so much so to the point at which they needed to have a plainclothes police officer in the congregation during the service to ensure that neither one of them would try anything weird enough to involve the police officer. And this was at their own kid's bar mitzvah. So we were lucky that there were two rows on either side of the aisle so we could separate them out. But to know that as a clergy person and to know that that needs to be maintained confidential for the sake of the kid's own sanity, right? And sense the experience. You think this kid did, was not aware that there was a policeman at his bar mitzvah because his parents couldn't get along? I don't know. But my point is to at least be sensitive to about it, even if he did. I would. I agree with you. But if two people are at a point where they cannot be in the same room without there being law enforcement there, I do not think that they've put all their differences aside and don't involve their children in, in their divorce. You're probably, I don't think it's possible. Well, but you're probably right. But my, my larger point is for rabbis and community members and leaders to be sensitive about those things. Now, not all those things are going to be public. I don't think there was anyone beyond the clergy who really knew that and the immediate family who knew that detail, right? But to know that sometimes it can get really contentious between couples and synagogues can also get separated in the divorce like a house can that the husband won't show up or that the wife won't show up and where do the kids go from there and how is the synagogue responsive to those things and compassionate towards the family. And again, my point is to say the focus on the children, not necessarily the parents. The parents should be able to handle things like adults. If they can't to the point where they have a police officer in the congregation reminding them of that obligation because they can't seem to do it themselves in a synagogue at their own kid's bar mitzvah, Okay, then. But it's a good point. Is it the rab? I mean, is it the rabbi's responsibility? It's the community's responsibility to su support that kind of a madness. Well, certainly, if a couple wasn't at the point of a police officer but was still having difficulty, yeah, a rabbi would need to remind them at times if their behavior was less than proper in public. 
because they okay. can't. Did the rabbi in this case remind this couple that the behavior wasn't acceptable or did they support this notion that, oh, okay, we'll just hire a policeman and carry on as if nothing they needed, is wrong. They, they needed to, as far as I knew, that that had to be one of the things. It wasn't, it needed right. to be done. Hmm. Interesting. And again, my point is to focus on the kids, right? It's the kids in those situations that I'm concerned about. And the community needs to be sensitive to those things, right? Is the rabbi sensitive to those things, right? Are the other leaders sensitive to those things? I will always agree when the point is keep your kids' best interest Thank first. You. Thank you. I appreciate that. Not argue with that. Agreement. Agreed. So what are some tips that you can give listeners in finding community post-divorce? Well, don't be afraid to reach out. There is no shame in divorce. You have to reach out though. Otherwise people will make their own assumptions. It's like anything else. You have to reach out. Yeah. And I would say my tip is, I think it's a good opportunity to look for new community look for things, you know, we, we build community around shared interests, shared values. So maybe see, it's a good time to pick up some new hobbies some new interests and build those communities. It's a time of rebuilding. And so try different things on and you don't have to be part of one community. You can expand and have all these mini communities and explore and have fun with it. Try something creative. Journaling or just whatever it is, seriously, well, try something that doesn't lend itself so well to community. There, it, no, you it doesn't, but I, you're right. I, I, but I'm also talking about ways to be supportive of yourself, right? Um, and maybe you can also find community in some of those creative things. Like maybe there's a, a running club you can go to, or maybe there's, I don't know, a, um, you could take up pottery or something like that. That's what I'm trying to suggest, right? Creative things that you couldn't necessarily do alone. Right, but not journaling. journaling. Not journaling, unless it's a group of people journaling together. They have they have those. So if that's really what you find, what do they yeah. do? They share their journal writings after they've. I written think them? it's probably more more about accountability. You know that people want a journal, but it's kind of the one thing that gets pushed off, and you don't do it. And okay. so if you okay. meet every Wednesday and everybody open their book from ten to eleven, then you just are setting a time to write. And then you have this shared community of people who need accountability to journal and express themselves through writing. Accountability is really important. Yeah. Okay. Share, share with us, if you can, what you have found in your divorce experience. And if you're not divorced and listening, how it has been for you on the other side, you know, as, as a main part, a mainstay in the community, what that experience has been like. For you, if you have a loved one who's gone through a divorce. And if you're going through a divorce, don't hesitate to reach out. You can share your stories uh, or your questions or vent, whatever it is, at the Jewish Divorce Project at gmail.com. And you can find out more information about both Noam and I individually, how to reach out to us if you have any questions or just want to connect at our website, the Jewish Divorce Project.com. And there we have all of our information. Wonderful.